Good morning. Welcome to Kavanaugh. Will you please stand with us? We want the Holy Spirit and the Lord to do whatever he wants to in this service, and that's what this opening song says. We want you to join us, please.
All right. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good, good. It's so good to see everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful fall Sunday morning. I'm just convinced this is the best time of year. Amen. All right, it's good. Um, man, it is so good to see you guys, and we have been praying for the, our services this weekend, um, and I'm so glad that you're here, a part of it, to be able to celebrate all that the Lord has done and to be able to lift him up and give him all the praise and honor and glory for it. So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we love our church, and we love our church family. Um, if you're our guest, thank you so much for joining us as well. Um, we want to get to know you and be able to connect with you and tell you all about our church, and we got so much going on. So if you will, right after services, uh, take the little Connect card that's in the chair back in front of you, fill that out, and take it back to uh, the Connect counter. We would love to be able to connect and, and get to know your family and, again, share with you all that our church is going going on here. Um, but again, let's get right back into it. Um, I'm going to invite you all to stand, and we're going to ask God's anointing our services today. Um, and I don't, what I'm about to say, I don't mean in a very cliche way, but I truly believe that we serve an awesome God, um, and he is the God full of grace and truth, and we've, we've, we've surrendered our lives to him. And I, I truly believe that we can put our full faith and trust in him, and we can expect great things to happen today. As we hear the word preached, we can we can get something from that and make our lives uh, have that change for the better. So be ready today. Be ready. Be expecting because our God can do amazing things. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. And again, I'm so thankful that you brought us all back together today here at Kavanaugh. Um, Lord, we love this place and we love you. And you are our God and we are your people. So Lord, right now, help us to align our focus and to continue to be able to give you all the praise and the glory in our worship today, God. Lord, as our pastor comes and brings the message today, God, I pray that you just anoint him, especially, God, help him to preach boldly and, and give him the courage to uh, preach everything that you've given him this past week, God. Lord, we love you, and we want to be the greatest light that we can be. So, Lord, instill in us your truth today. We love you in your name. Amen. Real fast, greet those around you, and we're going to continue to praise.
this week in our seed groups, we're talking about relationships. And in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, the Apostle Paul wrote, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And the last song that we're going to sing is entitled Holy Spirit. And the writers had the same thought. They were echoing what Paul wrote. And the very first verse, it says that there's nothing worth more, nothing that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. And they're saying through this song that our most valuable relationship is with Christ, just to know God and to know his presence. Let's sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here.
And all the people said, amen, amen. Give them a big hand for the great job they've done today. And we're so thankful that the Holy Spirit is in this place. Why wouldn't he be, you know? It's his house and we've invited him here and I know he's going to speak to hearts. I'm doing a sermon series on the core values of Kavanaugh Church. Uh, if you cut us open, this is what we would bleed because it's our DNA if you walk out the doors and look at the far wall in the lobby, you will see our core values hanging high and proud. Today we're on core value number three, which is all about relationships. We believe at Kavanaugh Church that we're not meant to do life alone. God put us here to develop friends and to do life together. If you're in one of our C groups, tonight you're going to be on lesson number four, which is this value number three. I told the first service, uh, the prettiest staff member that we have, the prettiest staffer wrote tonight's lesson on relationships. And uh, you can just use your imaginations as to which one I'm talking about. I asked her if she would just preach what she wrote for the lesson, and she said no. And I said, well, why not? To which she responded, Ronnie, God didn't call me to preach. He called you to preach. So, so I'm, I'm going to preach on relationships today, but you really need to look at the lesson Miss Angie wrote on relationships in your C group manual. Uh, it is very thorough. I'm going to look at it from a little different perspective today. I want to talk to you about making and developing just great relationships and having awesome friends. I'm all for awesome friends, aren't you? How many of you have a friend? Well, I, show, I hope everybody raises their hand. I hope you have at least one friend. You know, we need many friends in life, but 
we really need an awesome friend or maybe a handful of awesome friends. I came up with a definition of what I think an awesome friend is. An awesome friend is somebody, here it is, it's people who know you really well and like you anyway. That's a pretty good definition of an awesome friend, isn't it? They, they know the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, they like you anyway. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, we're going to try to answer three questions this morning. Why in the world do you need awesome friends? We'll answer that question. Number two, where can I find some really good friends? And then number three, how do I develop these friendships and these relationships? And that's really where I'm going with that third question, how do I develop lifelong friendships? And for that, I need to come into your house, okay? I need to come into your living room and and sit down uh, on the couch and drink some coffee with you, maybe have some lemon pound cake. All right, And we need to develop, talk about developing lifelong friends. Before we get into the house, let's stand on your front porch. Can we? I mean, it's just like me and you, we're standing on your front porch. And, and I want to tell you why in the world you need some friends. Because some of you are so busy right now that you're not even developing friendships. Because you know what? You don't think you need friends. I'm here to tell you we all need friends. And I made this long list. It was 77 reasons you need friends, but I knew that you wouldn't listen to 77 reasons today, nor on your front porch, so I narrowed it down to three. Here are the three reasons you need awesome friends in your life. Would you write these down, or at least make mental note of them? Reason number one, you need some awesome friends, is for your own spiritual growth. It's worth your time to build friendships so that you can grow spiritually. I'll say it like this. You cannot become like Jesus Christ. You can't become all God meant for you to be. You cannot grow to spiritual maturity just by yourself. Period. Done. You must have friends in your life to accomplish God's purpose for your life. You need friends coming alongside of you, helping you to become the person God wants you to be. In fact, you can't fulfill God's purpose for your life on your own, just by yourself. Look at what Romans chapter 1 verse 12 says. Paul says, I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith is going to help you. For spiritual growth, we need one another. So listen to me. I, I don't know what you see when you look at me, probably this ugly guy. I've been, I've been told I look like the Monopoly man now, you know, or Colonel Sanders, whatever, whatever. I, I don't know what you see when you look at me, but you know what? I am what I am today, and I am where I am in my relationship with Jesus Christ because I've had some good friends who have come alongside me and helped me to grow up in Jesus Christ. They have invested their time, their energy, and their life in my life so that I could grow spiritually and become the man of God that I am today. So I owe my spiritual maturity level to some really good friends who have invested love and energy and time and caring into my life. And you need some friends like that. You need friends so that you can grow up spiritually. The second reason you need friends, and I know I'm getting a little preachy, I'm supposed to be on your front porch, right? 
We're supposed to just be talking about this. I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to cut the preachy part out and just talk to you. You need friends for emotional support. Life is a journey. You go over some mountains and through some valleys and across some rivers. And because of that, you need friends to come alongside of you, some companions to help you through. I really believe there are two kinds of people in your life. I call them VDPs and VIPs. VDPs are very dependent people. VIPs are very inspirational people. VDPs are going to drain you, man. They're like that, that mosquito that latches onto your arm and sucks all the blood out of you. You need fewer VDPs in your life and you need more VIPs in your life. People who are going to inspire you, to bring out the best in you. There's a little phrase that occurs in the Bible 58 times. It's the phrase, one another. Used 58 times. In fact, there are 58 commands that the Bible says you are to love one another, care for one another, help one another, serve one another, greet one another, encourage one another. There are 58 commands in the Bible that you cannot obey if you don't have some friends to do life with. So you need friends for spiritual growth, and you need friends for emotional support. Paul put it like this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you are fulfilling the law of Christ. So if you're not helping out with any other friends, you're really not fulfilling the law of Christ, which is you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So why do you need friends? Well, you need friends for spiritual growth. You need friends for emotional support. And number three, you need friends for social enjoyment. Friends make life better. Friends make life more enjoyable. Really, friends are the bedrock of a great life. Look at me. You can make all the money in the world, have a bank account full of money, you can achieve all the success that you want to achieve in life. You can have all the achievements that you want in the world. You can taste of all the pleasures in the world. But if your relationship with other people stinks, your life is going to stink. Nothing can compensate for the lack of good relationships. Think of it like this. When you have awesome friends, the joys of your life are doubled. Why? Because you get to share those joys with your best friends. And the sorrows in your life are cut in half because you have somebody to come alongside of you and help you carry that load. That's why I love it when people say, you know what, I couldn't, I couldn't do life without my church for life. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God looked at man, who was the only living creature at that time, and said, it is not good for man to live alone. Why? Because we need other people in our life. You need, you need other people in your life for spiritual growth. You need friends in your life for emotional support. And you need friends in your life for social enjoyment. That's why you need a friend. And based on that, the question comes up, well, where in the world can I find friends like that? And once I find a friend like that, how do I develop that relationship? Well, we're going to get to that, but we're still on your front porch, aren't we? 
So let me just talk to you for a second about where in the world can you find a friend like that who is going to give you spiritual inspiration in your life, emotional support, social encouragement. Where where do you find friends like that? Well, contrary to what the world says, I don't really think the best place for you to do that is at Cheers, (laughs) where everybody knows your name. That they may know your name there, and some of you are bewildered. You don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Go Google Cheers, all right? It was a show that was on not long ago, not too many years ago. It happened at a bar. I really don't think that's the best place for you to find your best friends. Really, in my opinion, the place you need to look for your best friends are right here in the house of God. Right here at church. Why would I say that? Because you're going to find people of the highest quality of character. People who have the best character. People who have similar goals, similar values. People who believe the same thing about the important things in life that you believe. You find those kind of people right here at God's house. Right here at church. I I, I really am leery in saying this, but, but not only do you need to look at this place and finding your friends. If you're single, I really think the best place to find a, a mate is right here in God's house. Now, we're not in the matchmaking business, so don't come to the staff asking us, who can we hook you up with? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. But, but doesn't it make sense? If I'm looking for somebody to spend my life with, I find somebody with the same values, the same moral character, that believes the Bible the same I do and has a faith like mine. And you don't find those people at Cheers. You find them in God's house. Specifically, if you would like to have some sincere, deep friendships, I would encourage you to do two things here at Kavanaugh Church. Number one, get involved in a ministry. Because when you're in a ministry serving with other people, helping other people do the work of God, you really become good friends with those people. I use this in the first service as, as an illustration because it just kind of popped into my mind when I was thinking about it this morning. We've got all kinds of ministries here at the church, but one ministry that you're probably not aware of is the chair ministry. You ever heard of the chair ministry? It's a group of guys whose ministry is to come in here once a week on Thursday and realign these chairs because for some strange reason, you mess them up. I'll come in here on Mondays or Tuesdays and I'll look down the rows and they all look like snakes, man. I don't know what you're doing to your chair and to the row that you're sitting in, but you mess them up. But that's okay because we have a chair ministry. We got a group of guys who come in here and straighten them up every Thursday. And Jason and I thought we were being really smart and ingenious because we built these, what, what do we call those things? Listen, well, they're just little frames. I, I th- we, we need to come up with a name for them because they're really cool. And, and, and we have different sized ones depending on how much gap we're going to leave between the back of the chair and the front of the next chair and how many chairs we're going to have in here. Jason made them with a little rope. You just pull down through there and you have to make all. And once you push that thing through there, the chairs are straight. It is cool, isn't it? But these chair ministry guys took it a step above that. A lot of them are engineers, and they said, no, there's a better way. And so you come in here on Thursdays when they're doing their ministry work, and the lights are real low. 
it's kind of dark in here, because they got a laser going. And they're lining the chairs up with a laser. But here's the, here's the point I'm making and the cool thing. These guys have connected and they're friends. Why? Because they're doing a ministry together. And whether it's working at the Hope Campus or the chair ministry or some other ministry, if you will align yourself with that group of people, it's going to help you develop some lifelong friends. The second thing I would encourage you to do is get involved in a C group. You know, we're, we're doing an eight-week C group right now. The thing's going to end November, the week of November 13th. We'll take a little break for the holidays, but then we're going to kick it right back off at the first of the year because groups are important. Small groups are important. And if it's not a C group that you're involved in, you need to be involved in some smaller group of the church so that you can meet some friends who have similar values and moral standards as you do. Now, we're still out on your porch, aren't we? We've talked about the reasons you need friends. It's going to make your life better and the place you can find friends right here at Cavanaugh Church. Can we go in your house? Invite me in. Say, come on in, preacher. All right, let's go in. We're going to sit in your living room if it's clean. If, I, if there's a place to sit. If not, we'll just go to the kitchen, sit at the table there, and you can give me some coffee and, I don't know, something sweet to eat. And let's talk about how do we develop those awesome friends. How is it we can develop relationships that last a lifetime? Well, if I had to summarize it, I would say the way you do that is by following the golden rule. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus made a statement, and it has become known as the golden rule. It's from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Would you read this out loud with me? Jesus is talking. Here's what he says. So in everything, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So let me begin at the end of this verse, and I'll go back to the first of it. He says, this sums up the law and the prophets. What's he talking about? He's saying this is the summary statement for the Bible, which was the Old Testament at that time. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the cliff notes on the Bible. This sums up the whole Bible. And what is it? That you do unto others as you would have them do to you. Do unto other people what you would like them to to do to you. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. That's what the golden rule is. So let's apply this golden rule. You treat other people the way you want them to treat you to friendships. If you really want to have great, deep, meaningful, lifelong friendships, it's real simple. You be the friend that you would like to have. You're not going to have those kinds of deep friendships unless you become that kind of a friend. So if you want a really good friend, you're going to have to be a friend. Think about, okay, how, how would I like my best friend to treat me? And then you become that kind of a person. Now, why is that important? Well, because you will attract what you are, not what you want. If you're a shallow person by nature, you're going to attract shallow people. If you're a loving person by nature, you're going to attract loving people. If you're a gossip, you're going to attract other gossips to be your friend. 
If you're a bitter person, you're going to attract other bitter people who are going to gripe and complain about everything just like you are. You attract what you are. And if you want really deep, loyal friends in your life, you're going to have to become that kind of person. And you're thinking, well, it's way too late for that, preacher. I'm, I'm too old and I'm too set in my ways. I am what I am. I am a victim of my circumstance. I, my parents did this to me when I was a kid, so I'm this way for life. No, you're not. That is baloney. You can become a good friend. You just got to make up your mind. You've got to work on these character traits. And you can become the friend that you want to somebody else. So I want us to look today at the three golden rules of building relationships. Let me have a sip of coffee and some of that apple crumb cake and, and let's talk about this. How do you develop those kind of lasting friendships? Three things that you need to do. Number one, you've got to invest the time. That's the starting point. You invest the time and energy to build friendships. Deep relationships are not accidental. Now, I will admit the fact that it may be, an, you think, an accident that you meet a person that you become a great friend with, but you know what? The development of that friendship is not accidental. It is on purpose. They're intentional. You make a choice, and that person makes a choice that you become friends. Deep friendships are not instant. We didn't start off having deep relationships and friendships with other people. It takes weeks and months and years to develop deep relationships. I told the first service 40 years ago, I, I fell in love with this, this beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous, blonde-headed girl from Corning, Arkansas. I thought she was the prettiest girl I'd ever seen in my life, and I was just, I was just googly in love with her. I thought I loved her 40 years ago more than I could ever love anybody in my life. And I really thought we had a deep relationship and a friendship. And so I asked her to marry me, and for some strange reason, she said, yes, I'll marry you. So we went to Joe Grizzle, pastor of Norman First Free Will Baptist Church. That's where we went to church. And I asked Brother Joe to marry us, and he said, well, let's go through some counseling. And so Angie and I went into his office, and he went through this marriage counseling with us. And here's what he said to me. He said, Willie, because he called me Willie. He still calls me Willie today. Willie, 10 years from now, when I see you at a national convention and I ask you, Willie, who's your best friend? He said, I, I sure hope you say, Miss Angie. And I thought, didn't he? He said that. And I thought to myself when he said that to me, I said, I thought, that's the silliest thing he could say to me because she is my best friend. That was 40 years ago. Can I tell you, when I first fell in love with her, I thought I was in love with her, but I was in love with an idea that I had about her. It's taken 40 years for me to really say to you, I love that woman with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. She is the most important person in my life, and yes, she is my best friend. I thought it 40 years ago. I know it today. And it didn't happen just like that. You know what? We had to go through some tough times. And I know you think we have a perfect marriage, a perfect relationship. Pastor never has any problems.
Isn't God amazing? He knows exactly what. It's either God or Steve Jones back there. I don't know which of the two it is, but that's just absolutely beautiful. But you know what? It's, it's taken a long time to develop this great friendship that we have because that, that it, it takes an investment. You have to invest your time. Deep friendships are not cheap. You must choose to invest time, energy, and effort. And here's how it starts. It all starts at the beginning by you just showing up and you just being there. I love Proverbs 18, 24. A man that has friends must show himself. A man that has friends must show himself. You're not going to have friends unless you put forth the effort to be a friend. And so here's the point I want to make. Stop waiting for people to knock on your door and ask you to be their friend. You be a friend. You make the effort. You show them how. And by the way, can I say this? If somebody shows up in your life only when you have something that can meet their need, only when they need something from you, they're not really your friend. They're an acquaintance, but friends don't do that. Friends show up whether you need them or not. Friends just show up. They don't have to have a reason to show up. Why? Because they love you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says it like this. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. You get that? Don't just be interested in you you be interested in other people. And listen to me, if you will follow this verse, if you will do this, if you will think less of yourself and talk less of yourself and show interest in other people and talk to them about their life, you're going to have more friends than you're going to know what to do with. Because honestly, people don't want to hear you talk to them about yourself. They want you to ask them about their life. Because when you do that, you're showing interest in them. I spent the last half of this week in Edmond, Oklahoma, outside of Edmond, Arcadia, at the Oklahoma City Gun Club. We have the national championship of cowboy action shooting. 750 competitors there, probably over 1,000 people there. Had a posse of 18 guys I was in charge of. Well, there were two ladies on my posse. The rest were guys, and, and we competed for the national championship. I didn't win, okay, let me just go ahead and throw that out, because you, I know you're wondering, I came in third place, you know, no, I, I, when I, when I, I feel like I let you down, guys, I'm, I'm so sorry when I, when I don't, you know, come in first, I, I say I came in third place, and I'm thinking, you're thinking, well, he's a loser, I mean, we don't, want, we don't want a third place national loser in our pulpit preaching to us, we want the champion, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I couldn't do it. But I was a better posse leader than I was a shooter this past week. And I told you what I was going to do. Going to develop friendships through the days. And then on the last stage, I'm going to present the plan of salvation to these people. And God let me do that. I gave them all one of those pins on how to go to heaven. Remember our old ink pins? <clears throat> Had the little screen, how to go to heaven. It's as simple as... ABC, admit you're a sinner, be believe in Jesus, see, confess him as Lord of your life. Well, after I'd spent these 11 stages with these people becoming their friend, 
I shared with them the plan of salvation. And, and just as a side note, I really think there were, there were a couple of guys on our posse who's probably never heard the plan of salvation. And, and um, I'm praying that God would use that to change their life. But I met some interesting guys on my posse. There's two guys from North Carolina that are involved in NASCAR. They work for companies that, that are involved in NASCAR racing. One of them worked for Penske, and he, built, he actually builds race cars. That's pretty phenomenal. I, I met this new friend from New Orleans. Carlantini Kid was his name. The Carlantini Kid. We, we have to come up with names. His name was the Carlantini Kid. So here's what I did. I said, dude, that is such an interesting name. Tell me about that name. What, what does Carlantini mean? You see what I was doing? I was following this passage. I, I wasn't being interested in my own life telling him what holy smoke means. Because he could care less about what holy smoke means. I was showing interest in his life, wanting to hear his story. And when I asked him, what does Carlantini mean? Kenan, you should have seen his face. It just lit up like a Christmas tree. And I knew, okay, this is about to get good. There's a story here. And you know what? There was a story. Carlantini is a, is a town, a village in Italy. It's where his family is from. His grandparents immigrated from Italy to the United States. His dad was conceived in Italy, born in the United States. And Carlantini is that village his ancestors came from. So he picked that as his cowboy name. And you know what happened when, when I asked him that question and he told me about his family history? The Carlantini kid and Holy Smoke became friends. And no matter where we see each other in the future, we're going to be friends. Why? Because I was simply obeying the commandment of Jesus, following the Word of God. I was investing some time in a new relationship and building a friendship. It's pretty simple to do. How do I develop these relationships? Well, you invest the time. Number two, you've got to earn their trust. If you want to build friends, you've got to earn their trust. Trust is what makes a friendship a friendship. Without trust, you're not going to have a friendship. This is the difference between an acquaintance and a friend. You talk to acquaintances, but you trust friends. And if you don't trust them, they're not your friend. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. I love this verse. Many people claim to be a friend. But it is rare to find someone who is truly trustworthy. Now, how many of you agree with that verse? It is rare to find somebody who is truly trustworthy. It's pretty rare to find somebody that you, that you could say, you know what, I trust that person so much, I could tell them anything. I trust that person with my life. People don't give you their trust automatically. You've got to earn their trust. Now, here's what the Bible says about earning people's trust. It tells us we earn people's trust by doing three things. Now, we're sitting in your living room, sipping coffee, having a good time, just talking to you. And I'm talking to you about how to develop friends. You do it by investing the time. And number two, by earning their trust. I'm going to share with you the three ways you earn a person's trust according to the Bible. Write these down. 
You earn people's trust by being reliable. You build trust with somebody by being reliable. You're predictable. You're not fickle. You're not a flake. You're not wishy-washy. You're not cold or hot. You can be counted on. You keep your word. Now, when you have somebody in your life who is hot and cold, one day they're your friend, the next day they're not your friend. They're wishy-washy. They don't always show up. They don't always keep their word. That person is not really your friend. Because, listen to me, friends are reliable. Reliability is the difference between a friend and a flake. We all have flakes in our life. i got to be careful. Somebody's going to turn me in on social media for, for picking on people. But we all have flakes in our life. They're flaky. You can't depend on them. You can't trust them. You can't rely on them. They're not your friend. Why? Because friends are reliable. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves you, I put dot, 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 some of the time. Part of the time, half the time, quarter of the time, when they feel like it, when you do something for them. No. A friend loves you all the time. I, ta- I talked about that a few months ago, that little word all that's in the Bible. I've looked it up both in the Hebrew and Greek. All means all. And that's all that all means. It means everything. All. It means, it means when you're sick, they're going to show up because they love you. When, when you're irritated, they still love you. When you're lonely, they're there for you. When you are an absolute, complete jerk, they still love you. Why? Because a friend loves at all times. The greatest ability in life is dependability, reliability. And the Bible says it's hard to find people who are reliable, people who are trustworthy, people who are dependable. You've got to earn their trust. You do it, number one, by being reliable. Number two, you do it by being loyal. Loyalty is a term we don't talk about much these days because people really aren't loyal to anything you know I hate to say this especially to this group people in the first service they really amen me because they're the, you know back when I was a kid oh my don't you hate it when people say that but you know what I can remember people being loyal dude let me tell you something back when I was a kid If you were a Chevy truck guy, that's all you were going to drive, Chevy trucks. You're not going to drive no stinking Ford, a Dodge. Are you kidding me? And when Toyotas came out, no way. Because you was a Chevy guy. Amen? Or whatever your brand is. You were loyal to companies. We, we were very loyal to AT&T. I was, it was driven into my inner spirit. Be loyal to AT&T. Why? Because they employed my dad. And so even to this day, man, when, when other phone services come out and they give you these good deals, I say, no, we're sticking with AT&T. I don't know. I'm just that way. People aren't even loyal to churches anymore. People just aren't loyal. It's more of a matter of 
What have you done for me lately? And what can you give me right now? But you know what? Loyalty is a commitment that says, I'm going to put you before myself at this point. Loyalty is actually the opposite of self-centeredness. Loyalty is the opposite of being, it's all about me. Loyalty says, I'm going to help you right now instead of helping myself. That's loyalty. I'm going to help you instead of helping me. And here's the way the Bible put it in Proverbs 17, 17. A true friend is always, and a brother is born to help in a time of need, or some translations say in a time of adversity. They show up, friends, real friends show up because they're loyal friends when you've got to move. And the U-Haul sitting out in front of your house. And everybody has forgotten who you are. <laughs> Except your friends because they're loyal. They show up when you're tired, when you're sick, when you need help, when you're under stress. They were born to help you in a time of need. And that's the way you build great friendships. You build trust by being reliable, by being loyal, and number three, by keeping confidences. Everybody needs one person in their life that they can say, you know what, I could share anything with that person and they're not going to look at me crossways. I can share anything with them and they're not going to reject me. They're not going to dump me. They're not going to go spread the facts about my life with everybody else. They're just going to be there. And if you don't have a person in your life like that, I really feel sorry for you. Because all of us need a safe person in our life who we can share anything with. Our worst fears, the worst things that you feel about yourself, all of your doubts and inadequacies. It's essential that you have a person in your life that will remain confidential, that knows how to keep a secret. If you want people to trust you, can I tell you something? You cannot be a gossip. And if you're wondering why you don't have any deep relationships right now in your life, maybe it's because you are a gossip. So nobody trusts you. Proverbs eleven thirteen: a true friend knows how to keep a secret. You can say anything to them, and they're not going to go blabbing about it because they love you. That same verse, Proverbs eleven thirteen, 13, out of the Good News Translation says it like this, no one who gossips can be trusted. Come on, people, say amen to that. By the way, anybody who gossips to you, I guarantee you, is gossiping about you. You can count on that. So they're really not your friend because they don't have any integrity. Friends don't do that. So, we invest time in building relationships. We earn their trust by being reliable, by being loyal, by keeping confident. And then number three, the, the way we develop friends is we bring out the best in our friend. Your best friend is the person who makes you a better person. If the person you think is your best friend isn't bringing out the best in you, then they're really not your best friend. They're friends, but they're not your best friend. Why? Because your best friend is going to make you the best person you can be. 
Your life is richer, it's fuller, it's more meaningful because that person's in your life and they're helping you grow, they're helping you improve. Here's the way the Bible says it in Proverbs 27, 17. Just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds of each other. I love that, man. And I tell you, I need people in my life that, that come alongside of me and, 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 and not just a smoochy woogy kind of friend. Oh, oh, Brother Will, you're the best, man. Brother Will, you're cool. Brother Will, you're... You're awesome, Brother Will. I love you, Brother Will. No, I don't. Yeah, it's good to have friends like that, I guess. But I need some friends that's going to come alongside of me and grind me a little bit, sharpen me. When they see me messing up, they say something about it. When they see me slacking, they say, come on, preacher, do better than that. Iron sharpens iron. Keenan, we were shooting yesterday as the last stage. We were all tired. This one guy was shooting, and, and uh, he had a bad stage. No, it wasn't me. Somebody else. We're, we're doing this, this rifle sequence. It was pretty hard. Three up and two over. Three up, two over. And he missed a shot. And I mean, everybody knew he missed. He, missed, he knew he missed. And it, 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 I don't know, it was, it was kind of amazing. He just, it's like all the life just fell out of this guy when he had that miss. And he even, he even went like this, he went, Hoom. his whole body went, Hoom. well, he still had five shot, uh, rifles, two shotguns, and 10 pistols to go. But it's like he gave up. And there was his friend who was right behind him, keeping the score, and his friend said, come on, cowboy! Don't you give up! He said it just about like that. You can do it! Go, man, go! And it, it was amazing. This guy just put it in another gear. Don't y'all love my sound effects? And I thought to myself, I was standing there, I thought to myself, Ain't nobody on this posse who could have said that to him at that moment, in that way, in that tone, and gotten away with it. Because it's more likely he'd turn around and shoot you. <laughs> but you know what? That was his friend. That was his partner. That was the guy he did life with. And when he heard his friend as iron sharpens iron, he hit another gear. Dude, we all need people in our lives who will do that for us. Look at Proverbs 24, 26. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Here's the thing about friendships. The older they get, the better they get. An old friend, a true friend, is not going to let you lie to yourself. No, they're, they're going to tell you the truth. An old friend, a true friend makes you face yourself. An old friend, a true friend, is going to keep you honest. An old friend, a true friend, is not going to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. The Bible says an honest answer is the sign of a true friendship. Some, sometimes the mark of a real friend is frankness. Sometimes the friend has to speak up and say, you know what, 
man, I love you too much to let you do this with your life. They see you going in the wrong direction and they say, you know what, this may make you mad. But I'm going to tell you anyway because I don't want you to mess up your life. You're doing the wrong thing, man. You're getting way off track here. You need to reel it back in. You need to reevaluate. You're making a mistake. Let me flip this thing around and ask you, do you have anybody in your life who you have given permission to do that to you too? To get in your face, to get in your grill. Do you have anybody in your life that you've said, you know what, you have a right to say anything you need to say to me if you see me messing up. Just go right ahead and tell me. And then listen to them. Because that's what real friends do. They make us better people. Guys, listen, everything that we've talked about today in your living room, remember that's where we are, can be summed up in one phrase that Jesus spoke. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're to love other people the way you want to be loved. You are to treat other people the way you want to be treated. You are to be the friend that you would like to have. And when you do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you have followed these three golden rules that Jesus has given. And if you follow these three golden rules that we've talked about, invest the time, earn their trust, bring out their best, you know what? You're going to have friends for the rest of your life. And that's the reason God has given us friends, to do life together. Because you know what? We're not meant to do life alone. Here's what I know, all of you, all of us, we can become better friends. So let's work on that. You need friends for your own spiritual growth. You need friends for emotional support. You need friends for social involvement. The best place to find your friends, right here. I don't know, there might be, there might be somebody, somebody from this side who has a potential brand new friend way over here on this side. And y'all have never connected. You, you don't know what you're missing in life. So you need to reach out and become friends with people in this congregation. And the way you do that is by investing your time, by earning, building their trust, and by being the best friend you can be to bring out the best person that they can be. I'm going to pray about that at the altar today because I want to be a better friend and I want to have some really awesome friends because we need one another. Amen? But you know what? Not only do you need awesome friends, but let me just get to the foundation of this. That these friendships that we have are, are built upon another friendship that is really the foundational friendship. In fact, I would say it is the most important friendship that you can develop and relationship that you can develop in your life. And that is a friendship with Jesus Christ. The, the Bible says that Jesus is a friend who will stick closer than a brother. That means he ain't going anywhere. 
He's going to be there for you when the world walks away. And here's what I know. People are fickle. And you might have some really good friends, but they may not stay that way. How many of you have ever had a really good friend just kind of walk out of your life, kind of leave you high and dry? It's a bad feeling, isn't it? You have enough of those and you're afraid to make new friends. Don't let that happen. But you know what? Even if everybody in this world turned their back on you and walked away, Jesus would never do that. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so the the most important relationship you can have is friendship with Jesus Christ. And and let me just, we're we're still in your living room. No, we're not. We've moved to the back porch. I'm asking you, is Jesus your friend? Have you made him your friend? He wants to be your friend. He's here today knocking on your heart's door saying, hey, let me into your house. And the way you do that is is real simple. It's as simple as ABC. Admit that you need a friend because you're a sinner. You need Jesus. B, believe Jesus can save you. And C, confess him as Lord of your life. Again, the Bible says, Romans 10, 9, If you will state with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you can be saved. You need that friendship. And the cool thing about it, if Jesus is my best friend, and Jesus is Jason's best friend, we've got a common friend that's going to make our friendship that much sweeter. So make sure Jesus is your friend. Do everything you can to be the best friend you can be and take care of that at the altar this morning. You know what, maybe maybe you're here and God has just put a friend of yours as a burden on your heart. They're going through something really tough. You know what friends do for each other? They intercede for each other. They pray for one another. So maybe you need to come today and pray for your friends. Heavenly Father, whatever we need to do today, Help us to have the courage to come to the altar and pray about it. There are some who need to make Jesus their friend. Invite Jesus into their heart and ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. I pray that they would do that. Lord, there are others who who have allowed that friendship with you, Jesus, to be broken or fractured or injured through the years. Now there's a gap, there's a wedge in their relationship with you. I pray, dear Lord, that they would, they would come today and clear away all the debris in their life that is prohibiting them from having that great relationship with you. And then, dear Lord, I pray that we would just come and pray that we would be better friends, that we realize we can't do life alone. We, we need good friends. Help us to build relationships. Help us to be the kind of friend that we want. Dear Lord, help us to come and pray for our friends. And however you're speaking to our hearts, I pray, dear Lord, that we would respond in faith right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand, and as they sing, why don't you come and pray? God's speaking to you. Come and pray to him, would you?
Holy Spirit, please meet the needs in our hearts today. Help us to be the kind of people you've called us to be, Lord. Help us to be the friend that you would have us to be. Help us to seek others out and befriend them. Help us, dear Lord, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. I love you, Jesus, more than anything, and I love my friends who make up Kavanaugh Church. Would you please bless their lives, their families, bless the ministry of this church. Help us to be the friend you would have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thanks for being here today. Man, it's been enjoyable to be in your presence. Thanks for letting me in your house. We had fun with that, didn't we? When you walk out the doors, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. We appreciate your your giving and faithfulness to give. C groups, if you're in a C group, man, look forward to the lesson this week. Uh, It's lesson number four, value number three, relationships. Wednesday night, seven o'clock, I'm going to invite all of you to be here. I've got two really good friends who are going to be in service with us. These guys are with the Free Will Baptist Foundation. They were here about five, six years ago talking about estate planning and how to establish a family trust. And uh, you need to hear what they have to say, all right? Very beneficial, very insightful for you for your future and for your family's future, okay? Now, you, you, you might not do what they say to do, but you need to at least come and hear what they have to say. Again, very beneficial. Many of you probably remember when they were here five, six years ago. Uh, Troy Sadowski spoke that morning. Uh, he was uh, uh, tied in for Georgia, All-American, played 10 years in professional football. You remember Troy? Big old guy, had a great testimony he gave, and then they shared with us uh, about family trust and estate planning. Well, they're coming back, so please, 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 please be here Wednesday night. Uh, you will benefit from it, okay? So where are you going to be Wednesday night? That, that's not enough of you. Where are you going to be Wednesday night? Right here, and and you're going to be excited. I know you will be. It'll be a great time together. We've got classes for our our kids, our teenagers, and also Merge Ministry. But adults, you need to be in here to hear about estate planning and family trust. It's not. It sounds boring, but it really isn't. All right, and it's important that you take note of this for your family. I want you to know that I love you, and I'm thankful that you're my friend. I hope to be a better friend to you. God bless you. Get out of here, friend.